This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, January 31st, 2008. I'm Caleb Brown. NATO, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, was never intended to deal with a threat like al-Qaeda. Along with the United States making numerous pledges to protect nations around the globe, the cracks in NATO's foundation are beginning to crumble. So says Stanley Kober, a research fellow in foreign policy studies at the Cato Institute. We spoke on the subject of his new policy analysis on NATO's new troubles. What was the U.S. purpose in joining NATO? Um, the U.S. purpose um, in NATO was to provide a deterrent uh, against attacks so that anybody, and we were obviously most concerned about the Soviet Union at the time, uh, would realize that if they were attack, were to attack a NATO country, um, that would involve a war with the United States, and presumably they would not want to go to war with the United States. Article 5. Right. What was it designed for? It was designed to remove any ambiguity. Uh, article 5 is basically kind of a three musketeers article, one for all, all for one. Um, an attack against one is considered to be an attack against all. Um, we respond through constitutional process, but you're supposed to look at an attack at any NATO member uh, country as the equivalent of an attack on your own country. Article 5, as it was written, was envisioned to deal with nations mm -hmm. attacking each other. At the time it was written, yes. I mean, um, but it uh, it's, it's not confined to that. But yes, back then they were focused in large part um, on the threat from the Soviet Union, Stalin Soviet Union, they'd seen after the Second World War, uh, Stalin Soviet Union extending its influence into the countries that the Soviet Union had overrun at the end of the Second World War. Talk about CETO as well. Um, CETO was an effort to apply the logic of NATO into a different part of the world. NATO um, stands for the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, North Atlantic because it was the eastern part of the Atlantic and also the United States and Canada, um, so North Atlantic. Um, CETO was the Southeast Asia Treaty Organization, and it was a principal reason that very possibly the principal reason we were involved in the Vietnam War because of the same sort of logic. The idea was that if a potential aggressor thought, realized it would confront American power, that it would be deterred. Just you know, and, and international relations, when I studied it, was focused on the concept of power. And it's, you know, to a large extent still is. So, you know, the assumption was, well, if we can deter the mighty Soviet Union, we should be able to deter much weaker powers. Um, and it didn't turn out that way. The North Vietnamese were not all that impressed. Article 5 was used for the first time in NATO's history after September oh, 11. Oh, September 11, because we, the United States was attacked. Nobody had ever attacked. The deterrence had worked. And so everybody thought now with um, you know, the United States as the sole superpower, um, that's one reason other countries wanted to get in NATO realistically, because I thought, my gosh, you know, if we're protected by the United States, then we're perfectly secure, because now the United States is totally unchallenged. And so the idea that anybody would attack the sole superpower was really uh, a, a extraordinary, if you think of, uh, of what people like myself had been taught about deterrence. But those nations seeking to get into NATO to get under the umbrella of American protection were witnesses to an attack 
on, on the, the nation yeah, that, that was they thought was to going protector. to protect them. Right, right. And this, this was um, basically um, dismissed, I guess, as an act of madness by a few terrorists who could not sustain themselves. And initially, our retaliation, uh, the invasion of uh, Afghanistan looked extraordinarily successful. Um, now things are looking much more difficult. What are the lessons that the United States needs to take away, given its uh, long history of involvement uh, in NATO and its long history of making lots of protective promises to various countries? First lesson, no one's power is limitless. Um, even if you are the sole superpower, there are limits on your power. Um, the second uh, goes to something I've just mentioned. What people like myself were taught about international relations, and that is the emphasis on power. Um, we, during the 1990s, uh, when we were still the sole superpower, I surprised some of my colleagues um, by stressing the threat of terrorism. In fact, I did a paper for Cato about 10 years ago in which I highlighted um, the threat of terrorism. I you know, pointed out that uh, we had suffered a terrorist attack in 1993. This paper was published in 1996. And this was the uh, first World Trade Center attack. And I said, you know, th this is you know, something we need, need to take note of. They're coming after us now, even though we're the sole superpower on our territory. There's no reason to believe that just because this attack failed that they will not try again. We are facing a new, different kind of threat um, from different kind of people. And as an illustration of the kind of threat um, I had in mind, I chose Osama bin Laden. So he was the example. And I thought for several reasons, this is a sort of threat. And I, this is very different from the, from the Soviets. And what I began to tell my uh, colleagues was, uh, you know, the Soviet Union was the evil empire. When Ronald Reagan, President Reagan, called the Soviet Union the evil empire, I remember I had an article in the Wall Street Journal around that time saying, yes, it's evil, it's an empire, it's an evil empire. As I began to tell colleagues 10 years ago, um, Soviets weren't crazy. You know, Brezhnev is, you know, after 9-11, Brezhnev would not attack. You know, he would not, anybody would have suggested sending airplanes over, forget it. You know, you're out of here. I mean, uh, they, they were not that crazy. They might make mistakes. We might misjudge what, what the lines were during the Cold War. They were not that, you know, extreme. And like these, you know, the people we're dealing now are really very extreme to fanatics. And this was the response I got back then before now. What can they do? Okay, there's you know a few, a few crazy people. What can they do? And I think this threat uh, was underestimated. The, the power of fanaticism um, is something I, th I I think was underestimated. People would just say, "Well, what could they do?" And now look where we are. Given the threat of terrorism and the way that NATO is structured, how the militaries of the various nations in NATO rarely interact. You know, there seems to be a great deal of risk associated with an attack on one is an attack on all, and expecting some sort of backup from these other nations. Mm -hmm. um, one thing that always puzzled me um, was the slogan when the Cold War ended and people were looking at a justification for NATO. It was like, NATO out of area or out of business. And I thought, gee, wasn't that what we tried with CETO? You know, you take it out of area and that you overcommit. And then the Alliance CETO went out of business. And out of area is expensive. 
You know, the United States has a high tail-to-tooth ratio, a high level of support troops relative to combat troops. If you're going to project power halfway around the world, that's what you need. The logistics costs a lot of money. It takes a lot of personnel. Um, if you're, you know, you're going to maintain tens of thousands of troops halfway around the world, keep them supplied on a consistent and reliable basis, that is a very expensive capability. If you are serious about out of area, I don't see how you can do it on 1% of GDP. The defense spending is just 1% of GDP. NATO has set a standard of 2%, which you know, to me, if you're, if you're really serious about out of area, seems to me to be very minimal. And most of the, you know, a lot of the countries are not meeting that 2%. That, that's a real problem. Stanley Cobra is a research fellow in foreign policy studies at the Cato Institute and author of the new Cato policy analysis, Cracks in the Foundation, NATO's New Troubles, which you can download at our website, cato.org.